This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to the episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, I'm going to give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. And we're not going to do a recap of this week's tag team challenge because there wasn't one. But we will give you a recap of this week's I Guy Day. Yep, I Guy Day is the great coach manages to say. I Guy. We'll get back to that in a second. Okay, we're going to go through our six tips. We're going to do them out of order. But uh, it's worth it, and there's a reason for it. So tip number one. This is a productivity tip. It could also be a health-related tip, but it's a productivity tip. Get a morning routine. Like It's got to be the same every day. Put yourself on autopilot, get get that routine, and make sure it includes movement, water, and sunlight. I'll say that again. Make sure it includes movement, water, and sunlight. My morning routine, I get out of bed. I don't do anything. I get right out of bed, and I go, and I take my Theragun, and I immediately do RPR. I do my wake-up drills. I do RPR. I hit my points. I do that in about six minutes. Then rip off the shirt, go in the mirror, and do my morning flex for about five minutes. If you don't you know what the morning flex is, you're literally just staring in a mirror Standing in front of a mirror, flexing because uh, an unpolished, sorry, an unflexed muscle is like an unpolished shoe. Then the third thing I do is I go downstairs and I get my water. So now that's my movement. That's my water. After my water, I grab the dog. We go outside. We go for a walk. That's movement, water, sunlight. And I do it in that order for a reason. I do the RPR first because I want to be primed before I flex. Then I flex before I drink water because I don't want to. I want to keep that tightness before I drink all my water. Then I drink my water. Now I'm hydrated. Then I'm gonna go walk the dog, get sunlight in my eyes. So that is my morning routine. Okay. Tip number two. Something I'm experimenting with. I'm experimenting with standing in a figure four while I am microwaving my tea or the water from my tea. So what's a figure four? It is not a figure four leg lock. Uh, it is not a four-point stance that a defensive lineman uses. It is the top-end position of an elite sprinter when they are sprinting. So I stand barefoot on one leg. My left, say my left leg is straight. My right leg goes in the air. And if you looked at me from the side, it would look like my legs are the shape of a four, where my right knee would be in front of my left leg. My, left, my right foot would be behind my left leg. And the shape of my leg... Uh, my two legs, if you look at it from the side, would be in a figure four. So give it a shot. I also put my other arm in the air, so my right legs, my right legs in the air, my left arms in the air, and I'll stand there. Maybe I'll do 30 seconds each side. I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's going to help my top end speed, but at a minimum, it's going to strengthen my foot and stabilize my knee. Okay, tip number three. Tip number three. Uh, I'm going to give oh something I'm watching that's moving me. It's this show called Traders, and Traders kind of relates to what we do in advanced trading, and it'll. Maybe it hits itself. This story will hit itself again when I talk about what happened at our iGuy day. But Traders is a show where they take these 16 people, put them in a castle, and three of them are killers, and the rest of them are not. 
and the goal of the game is is to for the people in the house to figure out who the killers are before they die. And at the end of the day, I think there'd be like four people left. If there's any one of those four people left as a killer, then the killers get all the money. But if none of them are the killer, then the rest of those people who are left get to split the pot together. Now, what moved me about the show is not only the strategy, but what really moved me about the show is how confident wrong people are. These people, week after week, are so confident who the killer is. And every, every week they get to banish somebody. But they always keep banishing the wrong people, but they're confident they know who the killer is. So they get to banish people during the day, and then at night the killers get to kill. And it's like this double-edged sword, because now you get rid of someone that isn't the killer, and then at night the killers get to kill somebody else. So like two times a day, the people who are not the killers are getting taken off the show. The other thing is there was this challenge where they went into a room, they have to stare at everything for a minute, then they shut the lights off, then they put the lights back on, and they say, okay, what changed? And what's amazing is how confident wrong these people were and what changed? Like, they didn't just say, I have no idea, I'm not sure, that I'm, I am sure, that thing was a violin, and now it's a guitar. Wrong. Like, that, not even close. That, you know, that lamp was green, now it's blue. Nope. Not even close. So, it's amazing to me how people can be wrong, still be wrong, continue to be wrong, but yet still think they're right. Uh, it blows my mind. And it really goes to show how people think. So, when you're super confident about something, I challenge you to take a step back and think, how could I possibly be wrong? Okay, these next couple of tips, I really want to make sure I segue in the right way. So the next thing I'm going to say is the strangest thing I heard all week. The strangest thing I heard all week was Joe Marechko commenting on the fact that he did not love our workout yesterday morning. And I know Joe Marechko. I speak Joe Marechko. He respects me enough to not say it sucked, at least not in front of everybody else. When he's in front of everybody else, he has a little bravado. But I think he just basically said, this workout sucked. I didn't get anything out of it. This is, this is what I read through the text message that he sent me. So what was the workout? Well, yesterday morning, we had what I had told the group was a primer workout, meaning we're not going to kill it. We're just going to work on priming the body. We're going to work on our form, our technique, and some other general athletic movements. That's it. That was really the intent of the workout. And the workout, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. He wrote, I don't love it. I, I'll be honest, I don't love today's workout. So I wrote, it wasn't meant for you to love. I don't love broccoli, but I'm about to have it right now. And why is it the strangest thing a week? Because I, Joe is the guy I run with more than anybody. Joe might be the guy I talk with more than anybody about training. And I'm thinking, man, if, if he's not getting it, what am, I, what am I doing wrong? Am I sending the wrong message? Why is he not getting it? So let's link this back to tip number five, the exercise tip. The exercise tip is this. If you are working on top-end performance, let's just say it's speed, what you want to do with your workouts is modulate your days. It's called the wave theory. So let's just say uh, I want to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday fast. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday slow, right? I want to go every other day fast. Well, in our world, we compete on Saturday. So I, wa I don't want to go Friday, Saturday fast. That's two, two fast days in a row. You don't want that. So Friday's workout, yesterday's workout was intended to be not fast. It was intended to be a form day. It was intended to be a day. I'm not saying we're going slow and we're doing long-distance jogging. No, we were just working on our form, working on some fires. We're in and out. Okay. Uh, so having said that, if you're a football coach, it's the same deal. You play Friday night. You don't want Thursday to be fast. You want Thursday to be slow. You want Monday fast, Wednesday fast, Thursday slow. Go on Friday night. So that's really a great way. It's called the wave theory. And then even breaking that down even further, let's say, again, you play Friday nights. You want Monday to be fast, but you don't want every segment of practice to be fast on Monday. It's going to be fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. So that is my tip on exercise. Again, do not go full speed every single day because it's not going to be possible 
segmented in waves. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, the last tip. Uh, so yeah, sorry, the last tip. Tip number six. It's a quote that I'm thinking about. It comes from the great Benjamin Franklin. He said, most men die at 25. We just don't bury them until they're 70. I'll say that again. Most men die at 25. We just don't bury them until they're 70. Now, why am I making this the last tip? Because it leads back into this eye guy day. And what I, something that really stuck out to me with the eye guy day is how alive these guys were. And the crew that we train, very few of them are under the age of 25. And most of them, they, all of them, they got jobs. A lot of them have kids. They got families. And, and they, they are not stuck, at least from what I can see in that rut, of wake up, go to work, be miserable, come home, go to sleep, be miserable, repeat. Right? They go and they die in their cubicle, and that's it. I saw this pretty cool picture of like a, a cubicle seat that looked like a coffin. <laughs> but they don't go and do that, right? They are living their lives. They're getting everything they can out of their lives. I'm so glad that advanced training is is it's a it's a forum for that to happen, right? It's a place for that to happen. And we went to this competition today and I just see guys screaming, yelling, competing, cheering, strategizing. I love it. They they are soaking or sucking everything they can out of life. Anyway. Let's get into what happened at the iGuy Day. So the first part of iGuy Day, there wasn't a tag team challenge today. It was just an iGuy Day, was we went and we worked on our PowerPoints. So what PowerPoints are, essentially, it's a series of activities. Every yard you get gives you a point. So everything we do is just about collecting yards. I'm just collecting yardage. I'm collecting yardage. So we did uh, furniture sliders for 10 seconds. Every yard you got in 10 seconds, you get a point. We did medicine ball throws. Every yard you threw the medicine ball, you get a point. We did a farmer's walk. Every yard you'd carry that 175 pounds plus the weight of the farmer's walk, you get a point. So we did that. Then we went into the ultimate eye guy, right? So that was PowerPoints. Then we went to the ultimate eye guy, the money in the bank challenge. What is the money in the bank challenge? Well, it's a challenge where everybody competes. There are no teams. And the winner gets a belt, a money in the bank belt. And at any point for the rest of this tag team season, they can whip out that belt and they can do anything they want. As long as they don't hurt somebody or overrule uh, a time that I made, like, hey, uh, Galley finished in 10 seconds. No, he finished in 8. Right? That can't happen. But they can do anything else they want with that belt. Once they use the belt, they lose it. But now that, that person who wins will have that power. And so this is the ultimate eye guy day because it doesn't matter what team you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Anybody can win it. So what do we do, and how do we make it interesting? So I whip out two decks of cards, shuffle them up all nice. One of those decks of cards is from uh, Nancy's 60th birthday party. I don't know who Nancy is. I know that I got the cards from Joe Sarno, but uh, Nancy, happy birthday, and thank you for the cards. Anyway, get to shuffle them all up, and we're going to play what I would call up the river, down the river, which Joe Sarno apparently calls uh, ride the bus. And this was a drinking game. And the way this drinking game works, and you should play with a protein shake. Don't play with alcohol because alcohol is not good for you. Is if you win during the drinking game, you would give out drinks. And if you lose during the drinking game, you would take drinks. Well, in our world, if you won, you gave out sliders. And if you lost, you took sliders, right? That's the way it would work. And we just did some sliders in the, uh, in the PowerPoint so people were primed up, ready to go. So the first round, it is pick a color, right? I have a deck of cards. I pick a, you pick a color. If you pick it right, you give somebody 10 yards of sliders. If you pick it wrong, you give somebody – sorry, you take 10 yards worth of sliders. And in round one, you have to go 10 yards worth of sliders in five seconds. The first person to go is none other than the great Jimmy Yuski. The Jimmy Yuski that said I screwed him over on Thanksgiving. The Jimmy Yuski who said he would not come back until I wrote a formal apology. The Jimmy Yuski who missed the first workout after I wrote a formal apology. And then uh, the Jimmy Yuski who the teams competed for last week to get him on their team. Jimmy Yuski goes first. He says red. It's black. 
and uh, he's got to go 10 yards in five seconds. This should be a, a, a layup for James Uski because he went 27 yards today during his PowerPoint challenge uh, in 10 seconds. 27 yards in 10 seconds. You do the math. And he set the all-time record. So he set the all-time record. So he goes first. It should be a layup. And he pulls a Patrick Ewing. The net's wide open, and he freaking misses. <laughs> ah! He goes in 5.25 seconds. He's the first guy to go. Now, Jimmy, I, you know, I asked him what later, and he just thought, I was like, did you throw this again? No, he was just trying to conserve his energy and didn't realize that it was a little harder than he thought. And what I realized today is that doing sliders, or doing anything apparently, is just like running the 40-yard dash. In the 40-yard dash, your first 10 seconds are the slowest it's going to take you to go in any 10-yard any increment. So your first 10 yards are your slowest it's going to go in any 10-yard increment in that run. Meaning it's going to take you longer to get from 0 to 10 yards in the 40-yard dash than it is to get you from 10 to 20 yards or 20 to 30 yards. It's that acceleration part. It's that part of picking up from just stop, from a dead stop and going. So people learned real quick, oh, God, you can't dog this. It's, this first leg is going to be hard, and Yuski is out. This is a big deal. So Yuski goes out, and now guys got to press it. But what I, and the reason I say this is because when guys started doing 20 yards on the next round, they were hitting it way easier than they were hitting the time for the 10-yard marker. So anyway, Jimmy Yuski's out, and now the things that I find interesting, and I'm not going to go into every single guy and every single detail, but was the strategy that people had in each of these rounds. Because originally, people were thinking, all right, I'm still part of a team, and I want my team to have this belt. And again, if you win, you give out sliders. And if you lose, you take sliders. So when guys win, they have to strategically think, who am I going to give these sliders to? And the thing that I like to see is, how do these guys start divvying up the sliders they're going to give to people? And who are they giving it to and why? And do they ever think there's going to be a repercussion of it coming back to them? And the longer-term thought, maybe my team has this money in the bank belt, but will my teammate... Are they going to use it against me later on in the year, like Baraji did to Marechko last year? He used it on him later on in the year. He had the money in the bank belt, and he used it on his own teammate. So thinking short-term, maybe it's better for your team to have it, unless that guy holds on to the belt and uses it against you. So really, it really is an eye-guy day. The ultimate strategist, the ultimate strategist is going to make sure that at the end of the day, they end up with that belt. And the best way to do it is to keep giving extra turns to the best guys, because things are going to happen. Uh, you could lose a slider. You could get exhausted, right? Things are going to happen. So certain things did happen. Pete Baraji, he, he had to go like six times, and he's real good. He got 24 seconds in his test. Sorry, 24 yards in his test, but there's only so many times in a row you can go. Joe Sarno originally didn't go at all, and then he volunteered to go, and then he kept going, and he, he, had, he had a nine. Uh, so let's go through what the rounds were. So round, the first round was pick a color, right? Is it red or black? You have to go 10 yards in 5 seconds. Round 2, you have to go, is the next card that I pull up going to be higher or lower than the card you have? And then there, there you have to go 20 yards in 10 seconds. And Sarno, he had a 9, he got another 9. Okay. <laughs> then the third round, you have to pick if the card, the next card I pull up is going to be outside or in between the two cards that you had. So when Joe got the second 9, I said, Joe, you're screwed. You're more screwed than you think you are. And he said, nope, I'm definitely not screwed because the next round is outside or in between, and it's definitely going to be outside. So we get to the third round, and it's now going to be 30 yards and 15 seconds. So Joe ends up being the second-to-last person to go in the round. He has to go uh, He has to go 20 yards in, in 
15 seconds, he kills it. Sorry, 20 yards in 10 seconds, kills it. Then I pick up his, his next card. Like As he's done with his rep, I pick up his next card, and I say, outsider in between. And I said, by the way, if this is a 9, you got to go again. I pull it out, and it's a 9. So now he's got three 9s in his hand. It wasn't outside or in between. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't in, it was, wasn't in between. It wasn't outside. We said if it was the same exact card, you're out. So he had to go again. He's like, give me another card. And I actually, I, I felt so bad that I honestly almost was going to pull another card. I'm like, wait a minute. Why would I do this for this guy? <laughs> He's got to go. And uh, look, Sarno, you want to be the alpha dog. You've been the alpha dog for a while. You're putting yourself to the test. So he goes again. He probably went three times in, in 30 yards in, in under three minutes. And uh, <laughs> he got smoked. He's out. So we're going, we're going, we're going. And the thing again that got me is that as guys are out, or as cards are being drawn, there's guys screaming, there's guys pumping their fists, there's guys getting super excited. And damn it, I love that, right? Who's who's excited about getting on a bus heading into Manhattan every day? Who's excited about sitting in a staff meeting that sucks? Who's excited about having 400 emails in your inbox? Nobody, nobody. But that this is exciting. And this is, to me, it's more exciting than watching uh, the Giants game because you have something personally invested in this. You know, when you're watching a sports game, you think you do. Like, ah, we, 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 we nothing. They're just a bunch of guys in a hometown that you were hopefully or lucky enough to be born into uh, that you like that team, like a good team, and they have some success. You cheer. You pick your tribe. But, damn it, today you have some fate in what's going on. You have some link to the outcome. And I just, I'd love to see guys truly getting super excited about this. And it really was a combination of chess. Definitely wasn't checkers. There was a lot of strategy going on. And there was a combination of that and being good. By the time, I think I remember what round it was. One of the rounds I added a rule where if you lose a slider, you're automatically DQ'd. Because there's a double-edged sword with these sliders. If you're going super fast, sometimes you go so fast you lose control and the slider flies out. Like you get a flat tire, boom. So we added that. So we end up going to the fourth round. The fourth round was going to be 40 yards and 20 seconds. And this is a nightmare now because you've already gone through other rounds just to get to this point. And so we said, all right, now it's going to be a suit. And you have to pick the suit of cards. So you go. And we get past that. And then we get to where there's two guys left. And normally at this stage of the drinking game, the way I've played it with a protein shake, is it's like give, take, give, take, give, take. And I won't even get into what the rules are, but it would have been too crazy. And I didn't want anybody getting rocked. So I said, okay, we're going to go 40 yards again in 20 seconds. And the way we're going to play this game is, actually, we probably had like five guys at this point. We did. We had five guys at this point. We've cycled through the first four rounds of the game. I said, what we're going to do now is I'm going to pull up a fifth card. If this fifth card does not match any of the four cards you have in your hand right now, doesn't have to be the same suit, but it has to be the same number or the same picture card. Uh, then you got to go. If it does match, you got to give it out to somebody else. I was hoping I'd, I'd wipe out everybody, but I didn't. I wiped out almost everybody. I only had two guys left, and the two guys we had left were Galley, the dude, the uh, tough man champ from last year, and Carpentieri. Did not compete last year, but he did win the first Money in the Bank challenge we've ever had two years ago. And oddly, he won the Money in the Bank challenge and never actually use the belt. <laughs> Think about that. So they both go, Carpentieri goes first. We do the same thing. I'm sorry, we go back to red and black. I call Marench, go over. Uh, he's like, that last thing he did was dumb. That was stupid, picking a, any card in the deck. Go back to red and black. So I say, okay, Carpentieri, pick red or black. He goes, he's wrong. He knocks it out, and he does. He gets it again. He gets 40 yards in like 19 seconds. Bang. All right, Galley, you're up. 
<laughs> he goes, he's wrong, and he does not finish. He actually, he was like at 22 seconds at like 38 yards, and he just collapses, collapses to the ground. So, Carpentieri is the winner. Carpentieri has the belt. I don't think anyone expected Carp to win this because Carp, traditionally, he's good, but he's not a top three guy in sliders, and he didn't compete last year. So he's been off. Basically, he's been in retirement for a year, and now he's got the belt. So, Carp, my only advice to you is use the belt. Uh, you got it. You want it. Use the belt. Also, something pretty sick. Maybe this should have been the craziest thing I saw all week is that uh, at some point, you know, I'm, in, I'm there in four shirts. Four shirts. If, I don't know. It probably felt like 30 degrees. I've also realized, by the way, quick segue, that four shirts is the most amount of shirts I should wear. I used to wear like six shirts, but after like five, after four, it makes no difference. Anyway, I'm in four shirts, hat, gloves, and uh, this guy goes in a tank top. <laughs> he rips his shirt off. Uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have hypothermia, but he, he does it in a tank top like an animal. So congratulations, Carpentary. Last thing I forgot to mention for all the, the naysayers out there, and this is something that may be important to you, is that uh, I got a new stopwatch. Because the old stopwatch, it was just, I don't know, it was hard to see. Anyway, I got a new stopwatch, and being the data analytics geek that I am, is I actually not only practiced executing the stopwatch, but I also realized what my error is. So what I realized is that I, uh, my standard deviation of correctness of clicking that stopwatch is about one hundredth of a second, not a tenth. So it's, what I was doing was seeing if I could stop that watch on exactly three seconds. And I did it about 15 times. Then I charted what I actually got to about 15 times. And I realized my, my, my room for error is about one hundredth of a second. So what does this mean to you in advanced training? It means for all you people that are questioning my integrity or the way I have a stopwatch. What it means is, is that if there is a time between two guys, it, like under two hundredths of a second, I'm going to make them redo it because I will say it's it's too close to call. So if the time is uh, 60, sorry, is 53 seconds versus 54 seconds, no. But if it's 53.6 versus 53.7, yes, because I know I'm not perfect. I didn't say that I hit three seconds every single time I did it. That I'm not going to lie to you. I'm telling you the truth. I am legitimately, I tested myself out right now. My error was my standard deviation one hundredth of a second. I'm going to double that to be fair, given the elements. Maybe it's cold. Maybe there's people talking. I'll double it and say two hundredths of a second. So if we are competing and there are people within two hundredths of a second, then I am, I'm going to make them do it again. And I believe it's only fair. It's right. It's just. And uh, that's it. All right, people. Enjoy the rest of your week. This episode is brought to you by Zero Shoes, a company that is perfectly named. Why? Because when you're wearing their shoes, you feel like you're walking around completely and totally barefoot, a.k.a. like you're not wearing any shoes, a.k.a. like you are wearing Zero Shoes. Now, we've all heard the benefits of barefoot training, but who wants to walk into a gym without any shoes on your feet? First of all, it's gross, and second of all, it's disgusting. Now, the other benefits of Zero Shoes is not only are they functional, but they're also fashionable. So, you've seen many a time people walk in the gym with these minimalist shoes and they look like a freak. Not with zero shoes. You're going to blend right in. Also, they have a wide toe box so that your toes are not all scrunched together in the front like they normally are with any standard training sneaker or cleat. Now, to get your shoes, go to zeroshoes.com. 
slash go slash Mahoney AT. Again, that's zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. And that zero is spelt with an X. It is X-E-R-O. Again, I'll say it again. It's X-E-R-O. Get your zero shoes today.